Happy Thanksgiving Eve. If you're going to be hitting the road in the next couple of hours, right now checking the radar for the state of Michigan, the entire mitten is for the most part precipitation-free, a couple of showers up near the Grand Traverse Bay. But other than that, things looking good. Checked uh, DTW. It appears that all departures are on time. No delays, no cancellations. If that changes, we'll let you know about it here on JR Morning. The breaking news of the morning, as you heard from Fox News, Israel and Hamas agreed to a ceasefire uh, for the release of hostages. This is a temporary four-day ceasefire. It should begin sometime tomorrow. 150 Palestinians to be released, 50 hostages, including, we think, three Americans. Let's learn more about it and what this portends, perhaps, for the future. Uh, Mike Rogers, former U.S. Intelligence Committee uh, chairman in the House, also now a Republican Senate candidate, uh, joining us live this morning. Mike, good morning. Guy, it is uh, good to hear your voice. Uh, I hope you're getting ready for a great Thanksgiving to you and yours. Same with Lloyd and Amy. The, the, the bird is thawed and all things are good. Uh, and and this, that's, this, is, this is a nice beginning to our Thanksgiving holiday and something that we will give thanks for today and tomorrow. How much of this is, is a, a diplomatic breakthrough and, and does it bring greater potential in the future? Uh, anytime you're, you're freeing hostages, um, you know, that were ripped out of their beds in the, in the early morning hours and dragged across the border, it's a good day. So those hostages that are going to get freed will get medical attention. They'll get everything they need, and, and hopefully the long psychological journey for their recovery, uh, which won't be easy. This is, this is a good sign. It's a good day. It tells me that Hamas is under uh, intense pressure inside of Gaza, and they know it. Uh, and the Israelis are probably in a position where they believe this will allow them not to kill more soldiers. So remember all the time for the ceasefire and all of that was, well, how many Israeli soldiers will die during the ceasefire, right? And so that's what I think all of these calculations tell me, that there is progress around the corner. However, if you listen to both of their statements, uh, they say this thing's not done. We're not over. Both of them, the Israelis and the and the, the Hamas terrorists, are saying the same thing. Yeah, Mike. So I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I was going to ask. You know, the, will this pause also allow Hamas to kind of regroup? And yeah, reboot? absolutely. And and that is what is the 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 biggest concern I think for the Israelis is that they'll you know they're going to be moving weapons uh, you know caches and they'll be making sure they're resupplied. Their soldiers will will finally have a day's rest. Uh, all of those things, you know, are, we know will happen. I'm going to guess that the Israelis will use this for intelligence collection purposes, try to figure out where, where they're going, what they're doing, where they're moving things. It won't be easy, and it won't be uh, you know, 100% accurate. But there will be both sides will be preparing for what uh, the day the truce ends. Uh, Mike, what about the Palestinian prisoners, and how will Israel choose who to let go? I mean, there's a reason they picked them up in the first place. Uh, yeah, so I think that they will probably, you know, the women were that were imprisoned in, in, in jail committed crimes, uh, in, and so they were placed in jail. So they'll, they'll probably go through the list of the ones that they think least likely will join the fight. And so that's, I think, how Israel will make that decision. Mike, this is a, uh, it's a good day. It will be a four-day pause. 
But we also know that once you have a cessation of hostilities, won't it also ratchet up pressure to make this ceasefire permanent? We know that Rashida Tlaib has already uh, tweeted out that that's her expectation now. Um, how much, how difficult will it be on on Israel, both from a military but also a public relations standpoint, once hostilities resume? I mean, I think that Israel has come to the conclusion they're not likely to win the public relations. They're going to try. They're going to try to provide facts. I mean, in the face of facts of tunnels under hospitals and schools and mosques, uh, people just refuse to believe that the terrorists would do that. And so I think they've, they're in a position to understand, listen, I get that, but we have to continue to push to dismantle their ability to do what they did. And so I, I, would, I do believe that you could get after four days Hamas saying, hey, we'll release another uh, you know, number of, of prisoners over a number of days to try to get as much, buy as much time as they can. And I think that's where Israel will have to make the decision is getting those hostages back. Uh, and I'm going to guess that they're at a place on the ground where they feel confident that they can, they can wait a little bit to make sure that the, these hostages get out free. Uh, and remember that they're, this is an intelligence bonanza for them. They're going to understand the tunnel network a little bit better. They'll understand tunnels and other things from the hostages. So there's a lot that's going to happen in between them getting them out and then the, the, the continuing on. What Israel has said, and I believe them, they will not and cannot allow Hamas to exist in the way that it did prior to October 7th. And so that's not done yet, I believe. Mike, uh, you know, while there will be a pause uh, between this war between the Israelis and, and Hamas, uh, we still have to be vigilant, meaning the U.S., um, as those proxies, those Iranian proxies still try to, um, you know, come after our U.S. military. So we still must stay vigilant. Absolutely. So, um, you know, almost, uh, I think the number is now over 70-some attacks onto U.S. Uh, forces through, you know, kamikaze drones and, and uh, rocket fire and other things uh, is something we're going to have to watch out for. And I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Remember, Iran is absolutely up to no good. Uh, so when the ceasefire happens, wouldn't surprise me to see the, the Hezbollah or another Iranian proxy uh, engage in something in the region just to keep uh, Israel and the U.S. destabilized a little bit. Uh, Mike, some in Congress, of course, calling for a full ceasefire, which isn't going to happen. But others are saying, let's put conditions on some of this money that we're going to give to Israel. What are your thoughts on that and why or why not? Well, I wouldn't change anything going into uh, what our agreement with, with, uh, was with Israel. I mean, they have come under a terrorist attack. Uh, I wouldn't give the terrorists one inch on this. I, I don't know why we would do that. You, you don't reward the sheer brutality that they committed against civilians on October 7th, purposely and deliberately and targeted. I wouldn't do it. Uh, I would be start to put uh, uh, sanctions back onto the Iranians uh, when they, they took off the, the or lack of, they didn't enforce the sanctions on oil. It gave them billions of dollars in cash. When it, uh, in 2018, the Trump administration put on really tough sanctions on export of oil from Iran. That hurt their cat, their money position, which would, wouldn't allow them to support these proxies. Biden administration took that off. And when they did, it just got this flood of cash. And guess what's happened since? Mm-hmm. You have Hamas, you have Hezbollah, you have the Houthis in Yemen, all getting this new fresh round of cash and weaponry 
all of that coming through Iran. So if there's going to be any talk about curtailing anything, I would put the sanctions back on uh, the Iranians so that they don't have all of this cash to spend on killing innocent people around the region and trying to destabilize the region. No question. I, I do have to ask you, though, on, on this morning, the, the Biden administration hasn't had many foreign policy wins, but they did help to broker this deal between Qatar and Egypt acting as intermediaries. Is is this one of those big diplomatic wins for the administration that maybe they should get some credit for? Listen, anytime you're negotiating to get hostages out, that's a good day. I, I do believe you have to look in totality of how this happened, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there are all of these pieces, and pe- every one of these pieces had a consequence that led up to this day, making sure that we could not, we had to be energy independent, uh, dependent on the Middle East by making sure we couldn't produce what we needed here in America, step one, right? Re- make, and because we did that, we had to rely on more oil in the market, so they took the sanctions off of Iran, step two. Uh, the fact that we took away the ability for the Saudis to contain the Houthis, which is an Iranian-backed uh, group, and the, the mm-hmm. Biden administration has done all of these steps, right? All of these steps now have consequences. All of these things, you can draw a bright line to October 7th. And so, yes, I'm glad that they, uh, the, the Qataris have been pushing this for, for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, of the, some of the Hamas leadership has been in Qatar in pretty nice digs, I understand. Uh, and so I do think, listen, if you're negotiating for this, that's great. We should not do is put pressure on uh, Israel to do something that's not in the interest of dismantling Hamas. Uh, that's what I worry about. You know, we all want to celebrate this, and we should, and hostages coming home is a great day, and that's something to be thankful for. But there is much work to be done to dismantle this terrorist organization. And what we don't want to have done, given all those consequences I just outlined, right. is add another consequence for more damage and, and uh, violence in the future. No question about it. Mike Rogers, thanks so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, my friend. I'm going to do that. Enjoy your families all. We will very much. Thank you, Mike. Uh, one thing, the editorial board, editorial on the Wall Street Journal this morning, talks about the moral gulf between Hamas and Israel. And it says this, Hamas kidnapped Israeli children as young as nine months to use as hostages and spring its jihadists who have been arrested or convicted in a fair trial for their crimes. Israel takes military risks to save its citizens. Hamas risks Palestinian civilians to save itself. Interesting take. 645. U.S. new vehicle retail registrations have been up for seven months in a row when compared to the same month a year ago, according to S&P Global Mobility registration data. This follows a 19-month period in which they were down almost every month. In the current seven-month string of gains, we saw double-digit improvements in May through July, 7% in August, and 9.9% in September. In the mainstream or mass market, Chevrolet and Kia both have had year-over-year gains for 14 months in a row, longer than any other mass market brand. Chevrolet's streak has been driven by 10 months in a row of gains for the Trailblazer and Traverse crossovers, and five months for the recently redesigned tracks. Kia's streak has been led by a 12-month gain for the Telluride and 10 months for the Carnival midsize van. In the luxury market, Tesla is the clear leader with year-over-year increases in all 21 months reviewed for this analysis. Tesla has been propelled by the Model Y compact crossover, which has been up every month in this time period, including gains of over 50% 
in each of the eight most recent months. I'm Tom Libby with this week's Automotive Minute from S&P Global Mobility, formerly IHS Market. And this week's S&P Global Mobility Minute with Tom Libby is brought to you by Dana. Dana, people finding a better way.